0: coming up on today's swim episode. What's
1: your budget, you know, like how much are you going to spend on the recordings. You have to look at that. So, uh, you know, definitely in the beginning, you have to think about all these different because basically what I do is when when someone says I'm starting a label, I'd say, "Okay, well, tell me about what kind of deals you want to offer." And then I'll sort of ask a bunch of questions and then draft the contract based on their responses. You know, you're going to need that. You need producer contracts, you need
0: This is Swim Success with Music. Yo, what up, music fam? This is Walt, and you are listening to the SWIM podcast that stands for Success with Music. This is a podcast for singers, songwriters, beat makers, music students, creatives. Yo, we are about the music life. Hey, I appreciate you listening to the podcast as always, and most likely you are listening because you caught us on the previous episode which was episode 65. We had the amazing Kamal Mu, music and entertainment attorney on, and he was dropping some amazing knowledge. Well, guess what? Today, we're up to episode number 66, and this is part two. And the final part, with our interview with Kamal Moo, you are going to learn even more about legal matters, protecting yourself, and going to the next level as a music professional. So yeah, man, we're going to pick up on that in just a moment. All right, guys, we're moments from getting back into our discussion with Kamal Moo about the music business and legal matters that affect your career. Hey, quick note, and we talked about this last week, this will be going away very soon. What is that? That is the free access to the Master Melody course. So that is our special online class that we have that you can Enroll in virtually and learn about how to create an amazing melody for your next song. Again, it's completely free. All you need to do is sign up with your email address at our website. There's going to be a pop-up box when you go to our site. Go ahead and put your email address there and we will reach you for access to our free master melody course. Our website is successwithmusic.com. Again, that's successwithmusic.com. Check it out right now. Believe me, it is going away. And I've seen that some of you guys have already signed up. Thank you. You will be getting your invitation to join very soon. All right. And with that out of the way, we're going to go ahead and pick up our conversation with Kamal. As before, please know that even though Kamal is a legal professional, he's an attorney. He knows what he's talking about. Today's episode does not constitute legal advice. Kamal's not your lawyer, but if you want to reach out to him, you will hear how to do that at the end of the show. He can give you legal advice, but today the show is meant for informative purposes, not legal counsel. So I just want to make sure that we're clear on that. And that's our disclaimer. All right, so let's get to the show. And uh, let's keep going here. So, and again, for the audience, I really want you to check out the straightforward guide to the music biz. Again, we're speaking with Kamal Moo and that's K-A-M-A-L, last name M-O-O. Check this book out. Kamal, is this book available on Amazon?
1: Yep. You can get it on uh, Amazon. It's available there on paperback and then it's on um, ebook, on um, Apple Books and on Amazon as well and a bunch of other outlets in
0: the two. Got it. Yeah, and as I'm looking over this book, I'm telling you, musicians, this is an absolute must-have. It's a very short book, so you're not going to be reading like some huge long war and peace book. You can get through this very easily, and I'm looking at the subjects that we're going through today, and even more, you have to get this book, seriously. Uh, I mean, he's dropping knowledge now, but I'm telling you, I'm looking at some of the things that's here. He's talking about synchronization. He's talking about music publishing. Um, a whole bunch of stuff. Please grab this book. You will not regret it. Um come on, I know your time is short here, so I want to get through a few more things here as I kind of look around in some of the subjects of the book here. Let's talk about the major one here. And we've already kind of t- touched on it just a bit, but I want to go back to it so we can um go at it head on. I am an artist I am trying to get a deal with a major label. Let's say that day comes. Let's say, you know, I'm I'm contacted by an AR rep or someone representing a major label. They're showing interest in my, in my, in my work. What do I do at that point? Because for most of us, that would be a brand new experience. Do I call you? Do I wait? Do I like what what happens typically when artists are at the point of making it to that next level?
1: Well, and definitely, you know, as I mentioned in the beginning, like if you're offered any kind of contract, get a good lawyer, you know, get, get a lawyer that's going to um, get in there for you and, 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 and represent your interests. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think that's really important because, uh, you know, I've, I've seen it too many times where, where artists and, you know, have just gotten in there and signed whatever's put in front of them. And it was a hard sure. deal. And then they bring it to me later and I'm like, well, you're already in this deal. There's really not much you can do. Um, unless you try and negotiate your way out of it, like negotiate a termination, or you know mm. if you think they breached it, you try and sue them. But of course, that's really expensive and and, and time consuming. Um, yeah. So I'd say definitely get a good lawyer. Um, I always say that a good lawyer is is kind of a teacher. Also, it's going to walk you through the various aspects of the contract so you that you know you'll understand what's going on. I have some mm-hmm. clients who I've gone line by line <laughs> through the contract with them because they want to know every single like nook and cranny of what's in there. And that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm willing to do that. Um, so that, that's something to consider. Um, you know, that you need good legal representation. And I think that, that's sure. the first thing. Now, of course, if you have a manager as well, who's reputable, who's got good connections, who knows the label, then of course that's cool because then they can sort of help on the business side and sort of negotiate with them as well. Then you sort of have your lawyer working on the legal side. You have the manager working kind of, you know,
0: uh, with A&R people trying to go back and forth and
1: then you have sort of have your team working on it. But in any case, mm-hmm. always get a good lawyer. That's, that's, you know, that's number one.
0: Sure. And let me jump in real fast with a uh, a clarification, right? Because some people in our audience, they may hear what you're saying and thinking, OK, you know, well, my dad, my mom, you know, they have an attorney. This person did the will for our family or they help us mm-hmm. sell some land or what have you. When you say lawyer, can I just get any kind of lawyer? No. Like a lawyer in my hometown?
1: No, get get a someone who... Uh, specializes in entertainment law and music law uh, because it's just you know there's there's so many areas of law out there. Just because someone is competent in one area doesn't mean they're competent in another. For example, if some sometimes I'll have clients who have some immigration issues. I know nothing about immigration law, so I'll send that sure. to another lawyer because I just I'm not competent in that area. Or the one thing I always tell people is you wouldn't go to a foot doctor for heart surgery, right? Like, mm. you, like you go to some, like someone who specializes in that area. So definitely talk to a music attorney
0: specifically. Got it. Okay, cool. And so let's go on the opposite side of it. Right. And I want to kind of flip things. I've been talking about some of us breaking into, you know, the the next level of uh, the music industry, working with some major labels or some uh, uh, renowned, um, you know, entertainment uh, organizations. What if I am trying to start my own operation? Let's say I want to be my own record label, my own indie label. What are some things that you would advise? Let's say I'm trying to create maybe some smaller agreements with artists and with producers and things like that. How 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 does that work in terms of when do I get you involved? Let's say again, I'm drafting agreements for songwriters or producers and things like that. What does that look like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of clients who have indie labels, so I, I you know I'm very familiar with that. I think that you know the moment you decide to start a record label, you should talk to a lawyer. Um, there's actually a section in the book called, you know, I'm starting an indie label. Now what, um, you know, and I think it's, it's just, you have to sort of look at a lot of different aspects. You have to look at, okay, what kind of deal do you want to offer, uh, mm-hmm. your, your artists, you know, like, what do you want the terms to be? How many albums do you want to obligate them to? Usually it's like one album plus options for two more. Um, <clears throat> what's your budget, you know, like how much are you going to spend on the recordings? You have to look at that. So Uh, You know, definitely in the beginning, you have to think about all these different, because basically what I do is when when someone says I'm starting a label, I'd say, okay, well, tell me about what kind of deals you want to offer, and then I'll sort of ask a bunch of questions and then draft the contract based on their responses. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to need that, you're going to need producer contracts, you're going to need work for hire agreements for, let's say you're bringing in musicians to play like guitarists and, uh, you know, background singers and stuff. I mean, like I mentioned, you know, if, if you don't, the default view of copyright law is that if one or more two more people create a copyrightable work that all equal co-owners. So every guitarist, sure. background singer, they need to sign more prior agreements to assign the rights to your label. Um, you, need, you need mechanical licenses from the people who um, who are you know licensing you the songs as well, so who are writing for you. Um, so those are all different things that need to be considered and thought about. Um, another thing too is um, I would highly recommend that a good label has needs to have what are called label services or A&R administration. Um, and they'll what they'll do is they'll make sure all the ISRC codes are properly embedded in the metadata for mm. places so that you can track all the all the plays through you know Spotify and whatever. Uh, you can make sure everything re- is registered properly with SoundExchange. Um, so there's a lot of logistical things that need to happen when you're starting a label. There's a lot of I mean I call it like the unsexy side of the music of the music industry because it's not that sure. fun or interesting because you know people just want to get in there and make music. But I think right. as a label owner, you really have to devote time to the legal side and the administrative side if you wanna be successful, and that's really, you know, so on the ground floor, you should at least have a good lawyer on your side who can sort of walk you through those things.
0: Right, okay. Yeah, and and that makes sense, and it seems like from what I'm hearing from you that there are a lot of systems that need to be uh, set up, especially legal systems with uh, the agreements with those who are participating, uh, so that obviously everyone is protected all the way around, so it's not a matter of just uh, setting up uh, music and then putting it out on the internet and calling yourself a label. It seems like there's a lot more structure uh, an organization that has to go into, uh, again, uh, creating a platform to where things are working sensibly, consistently, and of course, uh, in a way that uh, meets the needs of uh, those who are participating. Um, now, you mentioned something, and sorry, my mind sometimes will chase these little rabbits here as as uh, folks are talking, but you talked about work for hire. Uh, I've personally come across this a lot in my career, but I want to uh, uh, bring that out just a bit more given how much we talked about copyrights at the beginning. So let's say I'm working on a song and I am the sole songwriter, but I really want to throw some guitar on this song to maybe pitch the song to a label. So as I'm putting together my demo, you know, I really want to just uh, make this demo shine. So I have this song, but I have my friend, he plays guitar, he comes in and, you know, he's doing all kinds of things and making recommendations. I really don't want to share (laughs) my, um, uh, my uh, songwriting with him. He's just participating as a guitarist, but he's given me some great ideas. Where does work for hire come in to play?
1: Right. Uh, so usually, typically uh, what happens is, uh, let's say that, um, you know, remember there's a the composition and the sound recording. When you hire a guitarist to come in, of course, to play on the sound recording, you're going to want to work for hire from them granting you the rights in a sound recording so that, you know, their contributions, you know, become yours. Like become, you, you own those. Now, on the songwriting it. side, it gets a little more complicated because usually what happens is if people collaborate on the songwriting as well on the composition side, uh, then, you know, uh, it, they, they usually divide ownership amongst them, which is different from the sound recording, right? It, it, it's a mm-hmm. different approach. Uh, in that case, I mean, you could also try and just buy out his rights. I mean, if he's just making ideas and advising you, right? it, it depends, you know, like, is he writing? Is he actually writing melodies? Is he writing lyrics? Uh, you know, then you can just say, well, as part of the work for hire, I'm going to want to buy out all your songwriting as well, or at least the advice you gave me and just to avoid problems down the road. Um, So that's really a a product of bargaining and and seeing if they're okay with that. Uh, Basically, he's kind of a ghostwriter at that point, right? Like you just kind of paid him to come in and sort of help out. But that's sort of it.
0: Okay. yeah, I brought that up because I know that sometimes people will come in and make small contributions, uh, meaning, hey, why don't you just change that one note or just do this or just do that? And I know that a lot of us who are creating the song we may take that advice like oh that's a great idea but we're seeing it we're not seeing it as this person wrote the song or co-wrote the song and nowhere near having 50% uh input it's just like okay i'll you know i'll go up you know a half step versus a whole step on this particular pattern right that's not a major thing but if that song blows up you could have someone saying hey man i actually helped write that verse or i gave you that melody and I was just trying to figure out: Do I create an agreement with someone to make sure that that never even is a thing? Um, because their contributions were very small.
1: Yeah, and and that that becomes tricky, right? Because then it's like how much is worth something, and then and then it becomes if it goes to court then there's a whole legal part. Well, I changed this one note, so it changed the whole structure of the melody, and so I mean, you know, it turns into. It's tough, and that's why I'm saying like it, it's good to negotiate that stuff ahead of time. Like at least admit, let it be known to the guitarist, hey, look, if you're coming in and you're gonna make any suggestions, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm gonna own what you do there because I, you know, I just want you to come in and play the music that I give yep. you. I don't want you to make suggestions, or if you do that, that that <laughs> you know you're kind of just giving those to me basically. Um, so otherwise, if you're saying, oh, I want you to come in play guitar on this, I don't know what I want for the guitar part, so you come up with that, and then I'll give you a piece of the composition. <clears throat> that's another approach too. So you have to kind of understand like what their role is going to be coming in.
0: Got it. Okay. Makes sense. All right. I know we're getting low on time here, but, uh, I want to tackle just a couple of more areas if you don't mind, uh, before we get out of here today. Okay. Um, and I'm seeing another area that, um, looks amazing here in the book and you talk about, uh, producers, right? Cause I know that a lot of people out in our audience, they're producers. Um, Walk me through the producer side of things, meaning um, – well, actually, let me not try to define it. How about you define it? If I'm a producer working on a song, what is my role?
1: That really depends on the genre of music. So, mm-hmm. for example, um, my brother's band, they were like a screamo rock band, right? And mm-hmm. so they wrote you know, lyrics, the melody, they wrote the compositions themselves. So the producer in that case, he would mainly – record things you know record the tracks and then mix them mm-hmm. and then you know maybe make some suggestions about like oh maybe you guys should you know sing it this way or sing it that way right um, so in that case they didn't get any songwriting uh you know credit because they were just mainly putting it together whereas in like urban music like you know hip-hop r and B, a lot of mm-hmm. times the producer is also a songwriter as well um sure so it really depends on the genre and the contributions of the producer you know um and what they're and that defines the role basically
0: Okay. And the reason why I was asking that question about, you know, defining the producer is I'm trying to figure out if I believe that I'm a producer and someone says, hey, you know what, we want you to come in and help produce this track or produce this album. How do I create an agreement? Like, what is the starting point for figuring out how am I getting paid? What am I getting paid? What are the percentages? What are these standards? Any insight from a high level? Of course, I know this can be very detailed based off of what you mentioned. But what guidance can you offer in that regard?
1: Mainly it's, you know, figuring out, okay, are you going to get an advance? You know, like, are you going to get paid a producer's advance? Uh, Usually it depends um, if you're if you're an accomplished producer, you'll get you'll get, you know, a higher advance, of course. And also if it's an all in advance, meaning like, are you going to, for example, have to pay all the expenses out of. Out of that money so let's say they give you a hundred thousand dollars for this to produce this album mm-hmm. but that's all in advance so that means you have to pay for the studio time and the musicians and so forth they're just giving you a chunk of money and saying hey pay, you know t- um we want you to pay uh, take care of everything now if you're an established producer then they know the and they know you and they can rely on you then that's not usually gonna be a problem uh, other times it's more like um <clears throat> you know uh it, it, and actually, honestly, that's usually how it is, because nowadays, especially, most people create music on their laptops, right? So,
0: right.
1: you know, generally speaking, there's not a whole lot of, uh, you know, you don't have to go to a huge studio just to write, you know, uh, make beats anymore. Um, so that's usually the case. Uh, you know, so what the advance is, also what's your producer royalty on the back end? Usually, like I said, it's three to five percent of PPD or, you know, four percent is kind of the going rate right now. PPD is a, a published price to dealer, which is the wholesale price. Um mm-hmm. And so it's, it, this is going to get a little bit complicated, but usually what happens is uh, the artist is allocated, let's say they're signed to a record label, they're allocated a certain number of points on the record, a percentage point. So let's say they get 20% of, you know, whatever, you know, uh, of, of uh, artist royalty on the back end uh, from record sales. Uh, usually what happens is they give some of those points to the producer, right? So they'll say, so that's where those 4% of the, um, of the uh, of the producer's points come from. So in effect, what happens is the record label allocates 20 points to the artist and then they give another four points from that 20 to the producer. So basically the artist is getting 16 points and the producer mm-hmm. is getting four points. So that's kind of how, you know, you get royalties on the back end on the producing side. Um, now, remember way back earlier in the, in the podcast, I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to make it too confusing, but remember I said, if an artist self-releases something, the artist is getting um, 20% of, uh, whatever the artist makes from, from releasing the album themselves. Right. Right. Uh, uh-huh. So if you look at this structure I just described right now, you know, the artist has 20 points, they give four points to the producer, mm-hmm. the artist in that, and the producer in that case is getting 20% of what the artist is getting. So it all kind of equal evens out. It's all sort of set up so that basically the art, the producer is going to get 20% of what the artist makes.
0: Wow. Okay. Interesting. Know, All right. I
1: know a lot, lot of numbers and stuff there, but, you know, it's.
0: it's yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, it's, but no, this this is, this is good information, because, again, these are things that most of us we don't know about. We never heard of. And sometimes I heard someone say, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and so even you bringing these things up uh, allows us to to go and dig and research more about this, especially for those who you know want to be producers and want to produce at a high level again, Kamal is giving us uh, some insight about how this works. And again, you're going to get a lot more information by grabbing the book, uh, The Straightforward Guide to the Music Biz. Um, And I keep saying this over and over again, the name of the book, because I really believe it's a great resource. So, um, you know, most certainly Kamal is going pretty quickly here, but you can dive deeper into uh, what he's saying by simply grabbing the book—a small investment in your music career. You'll pay far more for a plugin, so well worth the investment. Um, Kamal, one more subject before we get out of here today, if you don't mind. Um, Publishing—you mm-hmm. um, hear that term a lot in the the, uh, the music business and uh, in, in things like that. For those who are not familiar with publishing or having a publisher or working with a publisher. What does that mean for uh, a songwriter or uh, a music creator?
1: Sure, yeah. Um, so basically a music publisher, All, all they, they're they basically a company that works on behalf of the songwriter to license the compositions and collect royalties, basically. Mm. Now, if you're not signed to a publisher, you, you should create your own publishing company. Um, so because, for example, what happens is when you sign up with ASCAP, uh, which is mm-hmm. one of the PROs that collects... Radio Airplay royalties. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. that, that distributes Radio Airplay royalties. Um, what they do is they will pay uh, publishers and songwriters directly. So let's say, for example, I'm a songwriter. I write a composition and I'm a member of ASCAP. And I, you know, I register my composition with ASCAP. What happens is, mm-hmm. like, let's say that my composition makes a hundred thousand dollars from Radio Airplay, and then you pay mm-hmm. it out. What they're going to do is they're going to pay fifty thousand of that to me as the songwriter, and they're going to pay fifty thousand, the other fifty thousand to my publisher. Now, in order mm-hmm. to get that publisher share, I have to have some entity on, you know, some, some, some business like on file with them to receive that money. So what a lot of, what, what a lot of songwriters do is they'll say, okay, I'm Kamal Mu, I'm going to do a DBA, what's called a doing business ad. So I, I'm starting like Moo Mu Music Publishing or whatever. That's my publishing company that exists mm-hmm. for the purposes of accepting, you know, the money from ASCAP. So, um, that's why I recommend people, you know, they should start their own, um, you know, publishing company if they're an independent songwriter um, and and just to make sure that they receive all the money that they're entitled to.
0: I see. OK, so you're saying there's two sides of it. There is the side that the publishing company collects whenever a song is played, like on on radio through like the performing rights organizations, ASCAP, CSAC or BMI. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other side where the, the songwriter also gets paid a cut. And if I have both entities, I can get. 100 percent of the money from a from the publishing side as a publishing publishing company and also 100 percent of the songwriter's shares. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Yep. And and BMI is a little bit different because if you're like a self-published uh, songwriter, they, they don't require you to have a publishing company on file with them. I still ah. say it's a good idea to have one for other reasons, because, for example, when you get mechanical royalties from Harry Fox, which is they do compulsory mechanical licenses, uh, you know, or you're granting licenses, it's good to have a dedicated you know publishing entity sort of on file uh, out there so i mean just because i mean so bmi allows you to not you know have a publisher but i i kind of still say it's a good idea to have one
0: got it okay and with that uh and i promise this is a final question here so let's say i'm working with a major label right let's say I, i get signed with a major label i'm writing a song for one of their artists do i get to have the publishing um company with a major label, meaning can I have, you know, my business, Inc. as a publisher, and then also I get my money as a songwriter for that song with that major label? How does that work?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, what happens is, let's say you're a successful songwriter, you're, you're probably going to start your own music publishing entity, uh, mm-hmm. LLC or corporation, um, and that would be registered with ASCAP or BMI as your publisher. And then, you know, any checks that are, owed to you from the from the major label that would go to your publishing company okay um and then at some point uh what you probably would do is sign an administration deal with a large publisher like warner chapel Universal music publishing um and what they will do is they will administer the rights to your song on behalf of your company and so they would kind of represent your company and go out there and do all the accounting and collect the royalties and all that stuff um you know do all the nitty-gritty
0: stuff to make sure you get paid on the publishing side Awesome. Great. Makes sense. Well, hey, Kamal, man. I appreciate your time today. And today we've heard quite a bit. I know we've jumped around to a lot of different subjects, but I know that these are subjects uh, that are most certainly important to those who are listening. Again, uh, today we've been on with Kamal Moo. He is the author of The Straightforward Guide to the Music Biz. Check it out on Amazon. It is an amazing investment in your career. Um, and getting information firsthand from an entertainment lawyer who's doing this at a very high level. I mean, come on, there's no better way to spend your money. Come uh, on. before we get out of here, any parting words or advice for us?
1: Um, I'd say, you know, I think that, you know, just as you said, I think, I think it's really important for artists to really educate themselves. And I'm a big, big advocate of that. Um, I actually teach the music publishing course at my uh, old law school, Southwestern Law School. I'm actually teaching again this spring um, and I think it's just super important to get this knowledge. And even if you don't have to become an expert, but I think just having at least uh, a general overview is really going to be um, to your benefit um, as as an artist, as a songwriter. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I definitely I'm glad that people like you do these kind of podcasts because I think it's really important to get this knowledge out there because it, you know these deals don't have to be terrible for the artist. They can be better. It's just a matter of understanding them and knowing you know how how to how to make them better.
0: Awesome. Great. Great advice, man. Great having you on today. And again, we so appreciate your, your insight and knowledge. Uh, beyond the uh, the book, is there anywhere else that we can follow you? Do you have any social media handles?
1: Yeah, if you go to my website, uh, my author website, kamalandrew.com, that has the links to my uh, social media. Uh, that's K-A-M-A-L a n d r e w. dot Uh, they can follow me on there, And of, of course, if people have questions, they can always reach out to me directly. Uh, I'm pretty accessible. I mean, a lot of my, uh, I've worked, like I said, I work with a lot of Indian musicians. Um, uh, so if anyone needs a contract out there, yeah, feel free to reach out if you need any, you know, information or just, you know, need to, uh, you know, protect yourself.
0: Awesome guys. You heard it directly from the man himself, Kamal Moo, an amazing mind when it comes to legal matters for the entertainment business. I mean, why wouldn't you take him up on this, especially if you're at the point where you really need that legal advice and counsel? You've already got a preview as to what he can do. Let him help you take you to the next level in your career. Again, ladies and gentlemen, Kamal Moo, thank you so much for today.
1: Thank you. Really appreciate it. For sure. Ten dollars a gas won't fill the tank, no. This just gets old. I know